Hi, welcome to a special edition of the Reality SF podcast where we talk about our new EP that just came out. Uh, at the time we're recording this, our EP called Shelter has been out for almost a week. If you're listening to this, hopefully that means you've already listened to the six songs or, uh, or you are listening to them right now. That's a good idea. You can have a little dual, dual immersive experience. Could we do that? Just insert wow. song. Oh, maybe now. we should. Yeah. Um, but if we haven't met yet, I'm Tyler. I'll probably be monologuing for a lot of this, but I'm also here with my friend Sophie Ramirez. Hi. And our friend and pastor, Dave Lomas. Mm -hmm. Hello, hello. And we wanted to talk about the new songs that we just released together and how they came to be and also dig into some theological stuff with some of the songs. But Mm -hmm. maybe we start with some context about Mm -hmm. us putting out original music. Um, When we were uh, putting this online, I was looking at our past releases and it was really cool seeing this EP coming out in 2022 and our church's first EP came out in 2012, wow. which is 10 years ago, <laughs> which is wild. Uh, and that EP was actually my entry into life here at yeah, Reality. Yeah. Um, it was an EP called Songs of Our Youth. It was written by not me, not us, um, the whole team that was here before my time. Um, but I got involved around that time, and um, me and my friend Jacob helped record it and produce it. Um, we recorded it at our old, a lot of it at our old office space at my parents' house in the East Bay. Um, and then 10 years later to be stepping into what feels like a new season of music making for the church, recording some of it here in our new church building. It's like very, very full circle and very wild. Um, so it's cool to be able to yeah. talk about it. I don't know. Is there anything you guys want to <clears throat> add about no, that? I, like, I, um, I think about then, and it's funny that you say people that, kind of like were before you, that there's been these different iterations in our church and seeing people being able to sow into uh, our congregation in a way that like songs arise out of the people. Like this, these, mm-hmm. all these songs came from like the soil of the people. Mm-hmm. And there was a certain soil that was in our church then that's just beautiful and helped birth and grow to continue that analogy. A lot of the stuff that our church is. And then this album in a season through, I know you're going to talk about it in a second, through pre-pandemic and then in pandemic mm-hmm. and then now kind of like now endemic whatever they're calling it um and the songs that are coming from the soil of our church now and i feel like it's fitting that the first album was songs of our youth and now we're not youth anymore we're like teenage maybe mm-hmm. and this we is have our, this is our angsty this is our angsty album this is our, this is our angst record <laughs> this is our angst second second we're record rebelling angsty. against yes, our yes. parents yeah um and we'll, we'll hit on a couple of the songs. And I think that we're doing, we're, we're writing songs now that we probably couldn't write when we were younger. And that's important, you know? Mm-hmm. You, have to, you have to be, something that we've said, every single stage of this church, is you have to be as old as you are. So we weren't trying to be old when we were mm-hmm. young. And that's kind of why we called it Songs of Our Youth. It was kind of a play on like, we're young. And yeah, we, album. we know we are young. <clears throat> yeah, and we know we're young. And then now we know that we're not, 50 years into this church plant yeah. or this church. We're you know, 13 years in or 14 years in almost. Um, and so we're not young, but we're not old. And so I think this album hits this really impo- important part in our church. And as I listen to it, it's like, yeah, this is where our church is at right now. Yeah. And it's, a, it's beautiful. I just love it. I think this is why, too, it's so important to like write songs in every season. Yeah. Because... Mm-hmm. 
it's it's like a, a scripture where it, it talks about like an Ebenezer, like a, a a remembrance that like God's people would God would do something and God's people would build like a, a a monument to go look what God did here. Yeah, and I'm sure that there's there's stories in scripture and there's moments where the saints would go back to that place and be like, wow, look how far we've come. Or like, oh, what we, what we thought we knew then or whatever. And I think these songs will probably be that. Like we'll probably, just like we look back on our own adolescence or whatever, five years later, 10 years later, and you could be like, oh, I thought I knew so many things. Yeah. And um, so I'm looking forward to our next record where we have to correct all the, you know, all the things in this record. That we, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> Um, but I mean, our church has always responded to stuff we've written, which yeah. is really cool. Um, uh, so starting with songs of our youth, you know, there being this, this collection of songs that came out of the early days of our church mm-hmm. and those songs always felt like some of our church's favorite songs. Yeah. Um, like this was one mm-hmm. of ours, you know? And so we always knew that it was important for us to, to do more of this. And then during the pandemic, the, during the pandemic, just these last few years in general, there was just so much angst and there were so many feelings that I feel like Sophie, you and I, as like people who would pick sets and pick songs every week, there's so many times where we're like, man, I wish there was a song that blah, 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 yeah. you know, yeah. like I wish we had a song that did this thing. Yeah. And so it felt like in many ways we ended up writing the songs we wished we had during that season. Mm-hmm. And we're like, well, th- we're probably gonna have another season like this at some point. Could you talk about real quick, but, I'm really yeah. curious, as someone who's not a songwriter or a musician or anything like that, when you say, we want a song to do that, what do you mean by that? We mm. want a song to do this or do that. What do you mean by that? I mean, a lot of it's lyrical. A lot of it's, I mean, you see it in scripture too, when you look at the Psalms, like there's a, a wide range of emotion in there. And if you only had the one type of Psalm, you might not know that you have permission to talk mm-hmm. to God a certain way or to pray a certain way or to feel a certain thing. If you only had laments, you might be like, am I wrong for feeling joyful even though the world around me is horrible or, or vice versa? Like, man, I go to church and it's all happy clappy, but like, I'm angry at God. Is that, is there room for me here? Yeah. Um, so what you mean by that is like emotions expressed through human experience, like expressing it back to God. Like we said this a, a few weeks ago, like Job didn't sin because all of his doubt was to God. Everything was directed to God. And you're talking about choosing songs or eventually writing songs that are directed to God in places where we feel emotionally like in at the time or the congregation Mm -hmm. is emotionally in. Is that what I hear you saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like they're prayers that we're singing. So sometimes you, yeah, just like in the Psalms, you need to talk to God in a way that's, I think it would feel dishonest to just go right into like, a joyful declaration um, when you're sometimes in a hard season mm-hmm. and other times you could be in a hard season or feeling really intense emotions and you're like, no, I, I need to declare that there's still hope and there's yeah. still mm-hmm. light here. So then you need a song that kind of helps you yeah. believe that that's true. And so, yeah, I think it's important to like have, have those kinds of prayers for all different kinds of yeah. seasons. And- I love how you say prayers because it reminds me there. um, I first heard it from Chance the Rapper, but I heard it was like Augustine who said it. Hey, whoever's listening to this podcast, whatever the over-under was on how long before Dave mentioned Chance, I don't know if you just lost a bet or won a bet, but congratulations. Or Augustine. Yeah, or Augustine. Yeah, yeah one of the two. <laughs> but like um, singing is praying twice. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like there's um, a way that you pray through your words mm-hmm. and there's a way that you pray through your emotions. Mm-hmm. And that's what songs get to. It's just like mm-hmm. you offer 
these like whatever we, we say, and we're going to talk about the lyrics in a bit. But you say them, and that's mm-hmm. a prayer. But then you feel them, mm-hmm. and that's another prayer. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what the Psalms do. Like mm-hmm. they're, yeah. they're 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 meant to be sung. Yeah. Which if you have ever been to like a monastery where they chant the Psalms, it's yeah. I think was it Mozart also that said when where words fail, music speaks. Someone yeah. said that. Don't Probably at chance. me. Yeah. Probably chance or Henry Nowen or someone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sometimes you you need that. You need that, um, and we know that that's true of music too. Music is something that can get into our. It can get get past our our conscious and our subconscious mm-hmm. in a way that other things can't. And so sometimes for our spiritual formation, we need to engage with truth through music. And it's one of the reasons why a lot of songs repeat things over and over. We'll talk about that later with one of our songs. Um, it's why just about every human spiritual tradition involves repetition and involves movement or some sort of kinetic, especially singing, especially music. Every religion, every faith system knows that there is something there. There's something about how we are intended to connect with the creator and as created ones and as part of a creative universe that sometimes we just, we need music to help us get there. And so Mm -hmm. that was our hope for for these songs. And um, hopefully that's been folks' experience at home. So why is the why is the EP uh, titled Shelter, and then why? Because that's, I mean, I I I I'm not. This is not a leading question. I'm actually I've read a bit about it, and you told me a little bit about it. But what's the like the deep deep meaning behind that? Second is why why do we write our own songs? Like why even put out songs? That is leading because I do know the answer to that. that. Is. <laughs> Hmm, I almost wonder if we should save the shelter question for a minute when we get into that song. So the okay. e- so what I'll say for now is the EP is called Shelter. It's also the name of track two. Um, and yeah, for, for many reasons that are a little on the nose and then that, that I can talk about in a minute, it just, it, that word just kept coming up. It just kept being a theme. Um, yeah, I'll save that. We'll get to that. Why write our own songs? You know, I think there are um, there are moments in scripture where um, you you gotta sing your own song, and and I think that's like you mentioned in the Psalms, or or, or with Job, why Job didn't sin was because he came with honesty, and I think that's that was the dilemma of the garden was um, when Adam and Eve ate the fruit, there was separation. I'm I'm afraid, so I hide, instead of I'm afraid, so I go to. Mm-hmm. I go to my heavenly parent, you know, like where, like, where are you dad? You know, which is what all that God wants is for us to come to him in truth and honesty and and how we're feeling to bring our whole true selves to God. Um, And it's everything in our survival instincts or whatever sometimes just teaches us or shame or separation, whatever leads us to hide, leads us to move away from God. And I think the more the church and specifically songwriters in the church can develop a deeper, more robust, more human library of songs that can provide pathways for people to go, oh, that's, that's a song that I can like, I can get on that highway to God. Um, and if I didn't see that modeled for me, I might think that some, something happening inside of me is not a pathway to God and is not that God doesn't want to interact with me in that feeling and that pain or whatever. So I think the more we can write um, songs that explore as much of that as possible, um, my hope is that people find more ways to to God in, in church and in church music, which is so close to our heart. Yeah, I would say too, 
two quotes that I, I feel like I always say when it comes to worship. But one is in Revelation when the word talks about like they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word mm. of their testimony. Like this is our church's testimony. Like this mm. is our congregation's testimony. Um, and the word declares that we like overcome mm-hmm. through declaring that and like how God has shown up for us in this story. And then two, James K. Smith, the like philosopher, talks about how um, he says that worship captures our imagination and reminds us of the story that we're a part of. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And I think like songs that we write for our church, this is the story that uniquely like we are a part of, and then also Big C Church is a part of. But yeah, I think it's important to remember like this is our little story, like this is mm-hmm. our testimony and how that contributes to the greater yeah. story. And yeah. Two two other things. That's good. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Two other things, one being that I think it's really important to sing other people's songs and our own songs. You know, mm. scripture says sing a new song. Um, and we've talked a lot about why to sing our own songs. But also, just to say it, one of the reasons why we sing so many other people's songs is because also we know, like, the story of the person who is lowered through the roof to get to Jesus. Sometimes you you need kind of someone else's faith to help you get to God. And you need to say amen to someone else's prayer when you don't really have the words. Um, or you need to just believe that somehow through the osmosis of the Holy Spirit, just like being in someone else's faith and next to someone else's faith can do something. So a lot of times we sing other people's songs for that reason too, but there's kind of no substitution for, we always say that there's no substitution for intimacy with Jesus, for your own relationship with Jesus. Lastly, we want to be a music ministry that ministers to our church seven days a week and not just on Sundays. And so writing and releasing our own music, especially even like some of the songs in the EP, I don't, think are necessarily Sunday songs, maybe. (laughs) But there's some we might never sing on a Sunday. Um, But that our church hopefully can um, meditate on, sing along to, have have sung over them the other six days of the week. And this is a way that we can become a music ministry that ministers to the church, not just on Sundays, but every day. Yeah. So that's another reason why we write songs. Yeah, I agree with all that. It's beautiful. I also think that it's important, you know, for the songs that we write, that kind of the ministry that comes out of our church um, is uniquely our church, you know? So, mm-hmm. for example, like when I write a sermon for our church, I write it uniquely for our church. And then when I've tried to do sermons that I've taught at our church, outside our church, it doesn't fit the same way. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, because it's so uniquely fit for our congregation and our context. And I feel like um, some things can travel. I think I think these songs yeah. will travel really well. But there's something about the soil in which they were yeah. grown in and made in that really ministers to our congregation. For sure. And then from there, like kind of everything else we put out, we it could minister to a broader group of people that identify with like the culture that we're part of or the or the things that we're doing. But it, specifically, it growing out of the soil of where we're at is like hugely important. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that's it's the most authentic thing we can do, right? Is like um, create things from our our own, like the own the own soil that we're planted in, and the fruit. It's like uh, we were just in a, a coffee tasting thing. Uh, someone in our church that is gonna is a, owns a coffee place anyway, and they were talking about how like coffee tastes different in different areas, and even sometimes in the same town but on a different volcano. Like mm-hmm. one's active, one's not active, and you have different properties from, the, and both coffees are just yeah. like 
you know, eight miles apart or something, but yeah. they taste mm-hmm. completely different. I mean, even in the city, you, you, you turn a street corner and sometimes it feels yeah. like you're in a completely different neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah, and so, and then, you know, coffee from Bolivia tastes different than coffee from Africa or whatever. And um, I think that's true even with music and with a lot of stuff. Like, there's something about the characteristics of this album that are, are specifically for the season that we're in and the soil that it's grown in and the, the stage yeah. of life. It, and it, that in itself is like, puts notes and all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff that are, are different and unique. And I think too, it can be really difficult to, I mean, I mean releasing church music is just kind of, it's an interesting thing because um, it, it, it's all the traditional models of like releasing art or music or anything would, would be like, how do you get this to as broad of an audience as possible? Like, how do you get mass appeal? And it's interesting to write music where it's like the, the primary goal is like, I hope this, connects to our family yeah. like mm-hmm. and if, and if it, it connects to other people great but like this was written out of by for from our family um and so it can be interesting to balance that of like okay is this broad enough does this would does this cover mm-hmm. enough ground but mm-hmm. also like that that's not really what this is for like so even this ep f- totally has like a tone um we didn't sit down to write like uh a a comprehensive collection of every type of church song. We wrote the songs that came out of this season. Mm-hmm. And so they, they have a flavor to them. Um, and so even being aware of that to be like, is it okay that a lot of these are like have are kind of angsty or more of a minor tonality or whatever? I was like, you know what? That's what this season sounded like. Mm-hmm. And our next EP might sound exactly the same, might sound completely opposite, but we're just trying to be faithful to write the songs. We feel like, you know, as, as much as we can have our heartbeat like close to God's and close to our families write the songs that we feel like we need or that, like we said, the songs we wish we had during the season so that when next season comes along, we're like, ah, oh, I'm glad mm-hmm. we have these now because mm-hmm. we didn't last time we were here. Yeah, which I'm really curious. You said minor, everything's in minor. I don't, I think I know what that means. But let's get into that a little bit. Like the tonality of the album, how, how it feels, mm-hmm. why it came out of this season, yeah. why it feels the way it feels, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of these songs like started to be written, which we'll get into later, like yeah. before, some of them, du- most of them during. Um, but we did make... During pandemic shelter? We, yeah, yeah, the pandemic. last couple of years. But we did make conscious decisions specifically about the arrangements, the instruments used, and who would be involved based on some of it was the limitations of like early COVID. So, so like this EP started as mostly me in my home studio and then Sophie and Nate, our production director, would start coming over to our house and we're like wearing masks and we have like all the doors open. We're in like (laughs) my studio, AKA shed in the backyard. Um, Sorry, your studio. It's a nice nice shed. um, Can you edit that out where you called it a shed? (laughs) No. Um, Shout out to Costco. Thanks for the shed. Um, And and it, it was... We, like we started on my laptop and we transferred to Sophie's and we transferred to Nate's and then, and then we moved in here and it was such a like clumsy and laborious process and we weren't able to involve most of the team because we weren't all getting together and making music. It was, we were doing stuff remote and sending each other files mm-hmm. and the whole production process was kind of a microcosm of just how hard and what everything felt like during the pandemic. It was harder and more isolating and the logistics were weird and less collaborative. And even instrumentally, a lot of it is really simple production. You know, when, for us as a church, when the pandemic started, we started doing just very simple um, acoustic at home. My wife was filming 
basically we were like, okay, I guess we produce music videos now. And it was just me and my dog would be like yawning in the background. And I'd be like, okay, I got to redo that take or, you know, the fire truck would drive by or whatever. It was so frustrating. And it was almost like this added pain of like this, it's so much worse doing this by yourself. And so there was definitely an absence of like, thank you God for that team. I can't wait to be back with them. Um, But then even as we moved into um, doing church from our old office space and then in the Swedish hall, we never were doing like seven, eight piece bands with drums and big guitars and a bunch of vocals. Most weeks we were doing a smaller kind of piano, acoustic guitar and a couple of voices thing. And so it didn't feel appropriate for us to like put out this big, you know, arena record Mm -hmm. in this season that didn't sound or feel like that at all. And so we started making choices about to limit ourselves to say like, I want to only play instruments and make arrangements we could do that actually feel like what this season felt like for our church. So Mm -hmm. a lot of it ended up being that slower, moodier, simplified arrangements um, that I'm I'm proud of of how it, it came it came about but yeah it definitely feels like this last season uh, musically I don't know so if anything you would add to that no that's good I think yeah I just remember feeling when we started using our cameras and like me trying to figure out how to operate camera <laughs> equipment alone in this room and just being alone I just remember thinking like wow this is not what I signed up for yeah. Um, but I feel like, yeah, so a lot of the laments and like minor keys and things really represent like, it's not what any of us signed up for. Yeah. And I'm thinking too about how San Francisco, like our COVID and our quarantine also probably was really unique, like tying it back to like our church family and our testimony, like then other parts of the country than other yeah, parts of the that's world. True. Like the feel of these songs really captures, I think how isolated like we felt um, in trying to stay safe and love each other well, but also worship God together. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to moving it forward, like even the fact that we could record this EP is a testimony to the place we're in mm-hmm. now yeah. of like, yes, we're, we're writing songs about some of the harder seasons we've been through, but, we still got to write them and record them and release them. So it's like they were written in that like tense place and now they're being, re- they're being released in a bit of the like, look what God did territory. Absolutely, yeah. And so this EP feels a little bit like the whole, the whole thing. Like it's, it's a remembrance. It's that Ebenezer of looking back on like, I've, I've, that's how I felt and that's all I could see in those seasons. And yet like, we put out we put out songs, and so it, it must not be all bad. And so, mm-hmm. so just letting those things kind of be married and live in that tension. Um, it's it's interesting to look back on a season and be like, I feel pretty different than I did a couple years ago, but I'm I still can access those feelings, and um, hopefully these songs help people do that too. Especially the things we declared in hope. I think like in those moments that felt really hard and dark, where we were just like, oh God, like, but I know your name is a promise. Like that feels more true now mm. than ever. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the things that we declare out of like, I know this is true. Like I believe, but help my unbelief. I don't know. I think those feel more true. Now. And and I think maybe this will be a good time to transition. But even the the opening lines of the EP from the first track is just says like I'm so overwhelmed. And then the ending mm-hmm. is like you will 
deliver me. Mm. Like that's that's how this that's how the EP starts and that's how the EP finishes. And that and that was oh, conscious to like nice. pick the songs in that order, but it was like, yeah, the whole thing feels a bit like a it's a six it's it's like six songs, but really it's kind of one big psalm to be like, I'm here, but I believe, you know. Yeah, it almost sounds like this EP is like our wisdom literature book, you know, mm-hmm. like wisdom literature is always this like a twisting um, turning of emotional, unresolved, like what's going to happen sort of thing. Mm. You know, it can start like what's going on. I think of Job as one example. Ecclesiastes feels like this a lot. In wisdom literature, you kind of get this um, this unresolved, uh, I th- God, I think you're there and I think you're moving, but sometimes you're a character that's so behind the scenes that I can't see you well, you can't even see God in the literature sometimes until you like peel the layers back and then you see God in the bigger picture, mm-hmm. and um, and I, I kind of feel like this is this might be our like wisdom literature piece of like we went into this pandemic with so many questions whether our church is going to make it through whether our people are going to make it through mm-hmm. and whether like like what would we even ever get to the other side? Mm. And then you kind of hold out hope, and then you do hold out hope, and you have these rays of breaking through of like, we see God in these like little things, and then you can't see God in the big things until a lot later you zoom out and you're like, oh, I, could, mm. I see, I, I think I can see a little bit clearly now the last two and a half years mm. and the whole process. I wouldn't want to live through it again, but I see it now. It's like the end of a movie. You're like, I'm so glad the movie ended, like the end of this movie, as I look back, it's great, but I remember in the middle of it, it was really hard to look through that. <laughs> so it just feels like these songs kind of capture all of that. Yeah. Well, should we start talking about the songs? Yeah. Cool. Let's do it. So uh, the first song is called Your Name is a Promise. This is one we've actually been singing on Sundays for a while. This is the first one, I think, out of all of these that we introduced in its entirety. We actually introduced it, I remember, during Shelter in Place. We, were brought, we started broadcasting our services from our offices on Bryant Street, which feels like a lifetime ago. Mm-hmm. I, I was looking back. I started writing this song in April of 2020, so a month into the kind of Shelter in Place lockdown pandemic. And... I was looking back on like my old notes of like how the song kind of progressed over a few months. It started as this one little snippet and then it developed. Um, it really started to take shape a few months later. I hit like a total breaking point. I was on a call with Kayla and I Dave. I remember this moment. And I think, I don't remember what happened. I think someone pr- proposed like doing some new thing. Like I think next week we want to do blah, blah. And I just started weeping and I just like collapsed onto the table. <laughs> and I was just like, I can't do anymore. Like I have never been more overwhelmed. And it was just like, boom, total breaking point. And um, some point in that process, I was thinking about that old hymn, Rock of Ages, Cleft for Me, Let Me Hide Myself in Thee. Um, so I, was, I looked up, that hymn was written in 1776 during the oh. American Revolution, wow. which is pretty gnarly to imagine like one of the other most, you know, gnarly times of, global war at the, at the time for the Western world. Um, this song was written, and then in 2020, when we're going through the hardest season that my generation at least has lived through, this picture felt really comforting 
and I needed to sing about it. Um, just, and it, it's a classic uh, image of, there's a classic image in tattoo iconography of the Rock of Ages, and it's this, this woman with uh, the waves kind of crashing around her, and she's like sprawled out holding on to this big stone cross in the middle of this storm. Um, and the song starts with this image, just Rock of Ages, let me hide in thee, I'm overwhelmed by everything. And then the chorus goes, Emmanuel, which means God with us, so Emmanuel, here with us, your name is a promise. And I needed to, I feel like I needed to remind myself that the, the names of God, the things, the way that God shows up in scripture, just like when, when God was revealing himself to Moses and Moses is feeling super inadequate and like, how can I possibly do this monstrous thing that's before me? And he's like, who do I say sent me? And God just says, tell them, you know, I am to translate it poorly into English, you know, but, but God's basically saying like, it's me, like that's who. And you, the God you've heard about, like you can take that to the bank. And so when I am overwhelmed, I need the nearness of God to be a promise. I need Emmanuel to be a promise. Not just something I've heard about or that you might be from time to time. Like I need the, the God with us-ness of God to be something that I can count on. And then in the bridge, we sing something that's challenging, which is the, the lyric says, you don't disappoint. Um, and I've wrestled with mm -hmm. that lyric. Yeah. Um, it's similar to a lyric in a song we sing a lot called King of My Heart, which is you're never mm -hmm. going to let me down. And for every, anyone living not completely like oblivious to what life is actually like, it's like, um, are you paying attention? Because um, we're all going to feel let down and disappointed by God and... I don't think I can sing that in, honestly, in honesty. So when I sing these lyrics, I can't in good faith engage with them like life with God is free from disappointment or being let down. So it's not that. It's not that we won't have moments in life where life's not going how we want to, but rather what we can count on in our disappointments when we feel let down is the nearness of Emmanuel, mm. Mm. that he, God will not disappoint to be who God will be, God will not disappoint to be near. God will not disappoint to catch every tear, to like draw near to us as we draw near to God. And so in that way, I can sing, you're never gonna let me down. But I, I'm curious, how do you two engage with a lyric like that? How do you engage with that paradox of saying something that feels so like obviously untrue? Mm. But we do, we do, we, we engage with that concept a lot in church. Mm -hmm. It's like how how do we? Yeah. Yeah. Take it away. <laughs> no, I want to hear. Um, I don't think I have that much to add this, to this part. You can just say I agree. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. And the only other thought that comes to mind is that I think I I can only confidently like sing that out in the context of like the greater story of the gospel. So it's like one day when all things are made whole. Like, that's mm. not going to let me down. Like, everything will be okay eventually. Mm. Um, and so then it's like, well, he, in the greater picture, he's not going to let us down. Mm. Or he's not going to disappoint us because it's all leading. It's all part of the story. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, that doesn't satisfy every curiosity or disappointment yeah. or heartbreak that I have. Um, but I, at the same time, I can believe it's true because yeah. of that. It's definitely one of those I believe but help my unbelief kind of. Yes. <laughs> kind of Absolutely. invitations.
But yeah, I don't know. Sometimes you just got to put something in a song. It's just a little, little pastoral wrestling moment. A little spicy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, as I think about that verse and, and the other verses that we sing and the other ones that are very, uh, I, on one hand, they're very important to sing because you're, you're right. In, in the end, all will be made well. And yet, on this life, there's a lot of disappointing things. Mm-hmm. So when we say you won't disappoint, I think, I think we can say that with confidence because when we're disappointed, we might be blaming God for something that God didn't do. Mm, that's good. You know? Like, mm. again, we were just talking about Job. Like, Satan wrecked Job's life, you know? And, um, and he was caught up in something way bigger than he thought. It's almost an opportunity to confront some of our understandings of like sovereignty and some of these things too, and being like, "Am I blaming God for everything bad?" Yeah, yeah, when exactly. God, yeah, God we missed saying, the bus. Like, you don't disappoint God. I was yeah. supposed to catch this bus to be <laughs> God. You and then we put on God things that are not God because mm-hmm. you slept in because whatever, whatever, whatever yeah. the thing is. I think it does confront some of that. I do think that on the things that God promised that he would do, he doesn't disappoint on what he said he would do. Now, when we put on God certain things that we think mm-hmm. God should do, then yeah. then, yeah, we will be very disappointed in God. And I think most of Scripture from beginning to end are humans dealing with this very reality. Mm-hmm. Like, And this is why a lot, of, a lot of the prophets pray about God and what you said. You said this, God, and this is what's happening. And... and and it's just humans wrestling with um, a God who is weaving all things together, as it says in Romans, is working all things together, yet does it to where you, so you can't see most of it. You can't see kind of all of it. And then yet you are still anchored in a kind of rock of ages moment of like, yeah. I, will, I will cling to you no matter what. Yeah. And I guess for our church fam listening to this, if we're singing this on a Sunday or a similar lyric, and you're like, I don't know if I can say that right now. I just want to encourage you to be super honest about that with God because mm-hmm. in all of this, it's an invitation to draw near to God. And relate to him. And relate. Relate. Like, and to be, legit, and to be relate. honest. Like if, when you tell someone who you're working with that you're disappointed in them or that you are in relationship with, this is an, this is an invitation to yeah. relate. This is an invitation to go, well, how did I disappoint you? Well, this, this, this. Well, I never said I would do that, that, that. Well, this is what I thought. Well, this and that's relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're in the middle of that. Like God, I think you're disappointing me, and you're and God can, and I, it's happened to me so many times. Like, what did you think I said I would do for you? Well, this. Well, what if I'm doing this, not that? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, and that's re- that's relationship. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think when you start to engage with God as someone who's a a personal God, like meaning He's not just this mathematical equation but he's a person like that has a will Mm -hmm. and has wants and desires and still doesn't get everything he wants on this earth yet he will but not yet this is why we pray your kingdom come your will be done because it's not fully here yet he's a person so we can relate with god that way and i think that's the really important part of worship is relating to god not just like i'm here to sing some of it's that others i'm here to relate yeah for sure so that's the first song. There you go. Boom. Song number two is called Shelter, and that's also the name of the EP. You are my shelter. 
So, just an insider thing. Yeah. When people call a song the name of their album or the album yeah. of their song, what is that? Why are you that face? Your favorite? No, I. I'm, <laughs> what were you gonna say? I'm gonna say, what is that? I is know. That, <laughs> what do you know? No, I, I think know. it's. I know. There, there is a. I feel like there's a dilemma there because it's. You're reading something into it. I don't mean. I, I don't know. mean it's bad or good. I just like. What is it? Is no, it I, like. Yeah. Is it like an Easter egg? Is it like a? This is the mm. whole meaning of the whole album. Is it? It, it can mean a lot of things, okay. and I also don't ascribe like. A meaning to I'm so I'm curious what you what you would say, Sophie. I don't ascribe like a meaning to it. It can mean this is the best song on the on the record. Hint, hint. Oh, like that's not put what we this meant on by the radio. It. Yeah, like okay, it can be. It's same with like putting out a single. You know, like th- that'd be like the industry side of it. It's like you put your best song first because st- statistically, if you look at how an album gets streamed, it goes less and less and less. So the first track is almost always the most streamed. The last track is almost always the least streamed because people start it. And it's like your Instagram stories. They fall off. It's most likely going to be the first. Is most, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just natural entropy or attrition. Um, this is our second track, and we named the song Shelter. Frankly, the first two songs are kind of sheltery songs. Your name's a promise. You know, let me hide in thee, and this song Shelter. Um, but it just... It, it felt like that ended up being the theme of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think during Shelter in Place, um, in this season where God provided us a physical church building, like there is just many oh, yeah. ways that we That's became good. sheltered by God in this season. Uh-huh. And that, that theme of needing God to be shelter and experiencing God's sheltering in different and broader ways and more on the nose ways, I think, than ever in this season, it just... It it just it had to be, you know. That's so fascinating. Like, that's what do yeah. you have to add? Because I want to add something to that, but I want to. I mean, no, I just agree, and I feel like it's more of a. This one's more of like a book title when the character finally says the line, and they're oh, like, "This yeah. is what it's all about." Yes. And you're like, "There it is." It's like when they say "Fight Club" in the movie Fight Club. <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> oh, yeah, they do. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say, you know, when. Um, God bringing us into shelter in a building, which I think is a really cool thing to tie to this song and to this album because, you know, I don't know if the congregation really knows how precarious it was for a while for our church. Like, we actually had no place to meet. Yeah. And we didn't know. It wasn't like, yeah. you know, why don't you guys just meet? Like, we actually didn't have a place to meet. Yeah. And the place that we got, we were run. our lease was running out. Like, they wouldn't, at Swedish American Hall, they wouldn't allow us to meet, meet there anymore. And then the school was allowing us to meet. And, and then when you get back into the school, they're like, you don't know when you can meet and you don't know what's going on with COVID. Yeah. So we were so precarious in the church our size. We were really like, we don't actually have anything to do. And then all of a sudden, we get a call like, do you want to buy a building? We're like, what? Yeah. Yes. The answer is yes. Like, but it's going to be a lot of money. The answer is yes. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out because we have nowhere to go right now. Yeah. Um, and the provision of God through that. So that gives me actually just like yeah. chills just to think about mm-hmm. the provision of God through it. And like we're in the middle of it. I literally, our staff, everything got like whittled down, right? So yeah. our staff, which was incredible, the only things that we were able to do is digital. So if you had digital experience, that's what you needed. And <laughs> everyone else was like, call people, you know, like that's kind of what. Yeah. And, and then... And then it was like, we were so exhausted. And then people were just like, I don't know how long we can do this. I don't know how long. Yeah. So from that, 
All the novelty like, wore off real quick. Oh yeah, the first <laughs> everyone sourdough we did starters it. And, oh, yeah. and all the novelty lasted With like coffee. two two weeks. But I'm thinking, like, I don't yeah, know I'm if done. I don't honestly know if people. I mean, it, no, a congregation knows like how low and hard it was for like people on staff at a yeah. church mm-hmm. trying to lead and pastor people through this thing, yeah. and how do you do that? And then on top of that, how in the world are you going to reassemble? And then at the other end of it to go, oh, and by the way, you got your lifelong dream of getting a building or something. Yeah. You're like, and on Valencia on 24, you know, like, yeah. so the provision looking back to, oh my gosh, it's insane. So speaking of like Ebenezer's, like God's yeah. providing, that, it just felt like, and even with the album art that Kayla did, it was a photo of the, the yeah, ceiling of, of, our, yeah, of our sanctuary. Like everything about it was just like, here's a bunch of little ways coming together in this mosaic of how God did not disappoint to shelter us in yeah. this season. Also, shout out to Kayla, because I honestly didn't like our ceiling until that album art. I'm like, I like our ceiling now. <laughs> I love our ceiling now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was like, our ceiling, I can't wait to get rid of it. And I'm like, Mom, I like it now. Yeah, totally. I, this is another thing about um, this song that's just, just a little like VH1 behind the music moment. Mm. Um, so some songs, I think, I think when a, a lot of people think about songwriting, they picture like, you know, a scroll being handed down from heaven. And That's how like, I think it goes. Here is this magical thing and it's complete. That has happened to me like two times in my life where like I sit down and a song comes out in like five minutes and I don't touch it. And I'm like, whoa, what was that? Like mm. perfect inspiration, like twice in my life. Pretty much everything else comes like out of assignment. Like I want to write a song about this or I had some thought in the shower, I jotted it down and then later I went back to it and I filled it out and it became a song. Um, so this actually was one of those, like writing from assignment. I was like, me and every other songwriter in the world was like, I got to write a shelter song, you know? Mm. Um, and so I, I did. And, and then um, what came out of that was Your Name is a Promise, actually, mm. not shelter. Mm. Like, mm. Oh, but then I had all these other lyrics and all this other thing. And I was like, okay, I guess I have like two songs worth of material here. I was like making a double batch of cookies or something. And so I kept writing it and I was like, oh, okay. So I have these two songs. And, and that was another way that this theme and whatever just kind of kept being highlighted was like, okay, there's, I have a, a lot to say or God has a lot to say through these, this moment about this theme. And so both Your Name is a Promise and Shelter talk about sheltering and needing the, the refuge of God. But th- both songs also reference the shalom of God, mm. which is like this perfect, it's, it's a Hebrew word for basically like the, the ideal perfect peace where everything is right with God, like God's perfect uh, way where like everything is in its right place. Integration. Integration. Everything mm-hmm. is as it should be, mm-hmm. you know? And in a season that felt bankrupt of that for most of us, I just knew we needed to claim that shalom as much as we could in these songs and give our church like multiple songs, multiple chances, multiple different ways and inroads into like trying to access and believe in that the shalom of God and God's nearness and shelter are available even in, you know, as we would say in Psalm 23, even in the valley. Mm. And so, um, so that was those two. Yeah. And I think about even writing almost every sermon I wrote during that time was a very similar, like shelter. It was like everything through shelter. It was everything through even Easter. It's so on the nose, but it was like, there's so much here we need to, especially because we were forming these connotations of this word that 
like to Sophie's point, depending on where you lived, it probably looked different. For some people, it's like, eh, shelter, smelter, like we're going to go live our lives. In San Francisco, it was very like, yes, I had friends very, who didn't leave their house yeah. for like a week. It's, it was locked Like down I here. didn't go yeah. outside. And yeah. um, so also redeeming some of that language to be like, <clears throat> can God meet you in this? Yeah. You know? Okay, so the third song is called Kind. And mm-hmm. this is where we get to hear a lot of Sophie's voice. I, when I listened to the album the first time all the way through, I, the first two songs, I'm like, where's Sophie? <laughs> like, legitimately. And then, like, oh, here we go. It's like yes. a little, oh, yes. here it is. Yes. It's like you're you waiting guys. for the feature. Here we are. <laughs> Track three, Sophie, and you wrote this song mm-hmm. called Kind. You are kind. You pick up the pieces. Tell us about it. I started writing the song a few years, a couple years before COVID. Um, the story behind it's like a little bit heavy, so <laughs> buckle up. Um, oh, that's weird. We've been so light so far. <laughs> <How> so? <laughs> um, yeah, I started writing this when I was a senior in college. And it was actually a couple of months after my dad was in this like gnarly car accident mm, yeah. that resulted in a traumatic brain injury. And I'm really close to my dad. And so that was like, you know, really devastating. And um, yeah, our family was told basically at the hospital, like, he's probably going to die. Um, but if he survives, he won't be able to walk or talk. Like, he won't be him. Mm. So at that time, I just remember feeling like, wow, I, I really don't see how our family's going to be okay. Hmm. Like, how, how are we okay? I had this dream of moving here, working here after I graduated. And that was just kind of like, well, I'm going to put that on pause. I'm going to move home to mm-hmm. Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out, Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. Shout out. <laughs> and yeah, just like be with my mom, take care of my siblings and like figure this out. Mm-hmm. And that dream was like gone kind of. And so, yeah, it felt really hopeless is like the main the main feeling. And at the same time, I remember God really meeting me in this like season of like suffering in a way that he had definitely never met me. Like I'd never felt met by God before. Mm. Um, And I I almost feel like I haven't been met like that since Mm. sort of like just this really close, this closeness. Um, And he gave me like he spoke to me in really personal ways. He would give me like verses and prophetic words from people that just felt so personal and like surrounded me with this community that was so powerful and just like needed for that season. And they were so great about like praying with me and talking with me and holding me and like, yeah. So that was, that was really powerful. And, and I, I had this deep sense, I remember praying while my dad was just like not getting better and telling God like, you know, I know that you know what I want. (laughs) Like, you know that I want you to heal my dad. And like, even if you don't, I've seen, I've like seen enough to know that like, I think I'll be okay. And like my things will be okay enough someday, somehow. Um, even if you don't heal my dad, but like, also, you know what I want. And so that's all, Mm. that's all I can pray. And, um, and then a couple months after the accident, my mom calls me and she's like, your dad just like woke up hmm. and his memory was there. Wow. His humor was there. Like he could talk. He was there. 
and it was just like he's back and it was really like yeah really miraculous and I started writing this song a couple weeks after that um because I just remember sitting there and thinking like God is this cosmic like creator of the universe being and first of all like he did heal my dad like he chose to do that. And second of all, he like really met me and cared for me so well in this like hopeless time. And that's really kind. Mm-hmm. Like that's so kind. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to do that. Mm. Or like, yeah. Um, and so then fast forward to like two years later, I finished the song um, in a living room in my living room in San Francisco, hmm. living here, working here, which was just like wow. a dream that I had surrendered. And, um, you know, things were not perfect um, in the years after my dad were healed. Like trauma leaves behind a lot of brokenness, mm-hmm. obviously. And I think I actually wrote the bridge to this song um, as like a declaration over a lot of the fear that I had that had kind of attached itself to me after this event Mm -hmm. where I was just like really afraid of loss and Mm -hmm. thought about it a lot. And the bridge is a declaration of like, we cannot lose God Mm -hmm. and God cannot lose us. And we might lose people, relationships, jobs, dreams. We we can lose anything in this broken life, but we can't lose God and God Mm -hmm. can't lose us. Mm -hmm. So the, the words of the bridge are a declaration of that. And then I think, a big part of my journey after I got here to the city was like learning about God's grace and how that's such a gift, like a free gift. Growing up in church, I just never seemed to get it. I I think until a few years ago where I was like, oh, your grace is like so expansive. Um, What is the the book in the Bible? Man, I wish I could remember exactly where it is, but like the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't know what we ought to pray. Yeah. Like we don't know pure goodness because we were born, born into a broken world, but that's okay because the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. That's right. And that means there's so much grace. And so learning that was just a game changer for me. And like, we're called to have grace for ourselves, the power of having kindness for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And like kindness is healing. It's literally a fruit of the spirit mm-hmm. and God is kind. And we're supposed to mirror the Lord with our lives. So like we're supposed to be kind too. And so, yeah, I'm just so thankful this. So finishing this song, I finished it in COVID sitting here, reflecting on the past few years and just like, God really is kind. Like that is an attribute of him and that's good news. And I'm just really thankful Mm -hmm. that he embodies kindness perfectly. Mm -hmm. And like, I believe it more now Mm. than ever. So that's so yeah. good. So good. Yeah, I love this song for so many reasons, but I think what what you just said about kindness being a fruit of the spirit is I think something that goes a little in one ear and out the other for me sometimes. Mm. And it's like, okay, we're given this list of the fruit of the spirit, the evidence of the spirit, the byproducts of like where the spirit is, these things are. And that kindness is like one of the was there 10 of them or whatever? Like kindness is one of them. Mm-hmm. And that and then there's a bit of like, they'll know who we are by our love. Like they'll know who we are by our fruit. And it's mm-hmm. like, kindness is like a requirement 
for life with Jesus. And it's a promise and it's like, it's, it's, it's available and it's an access. And I think these are not kind times we're living in. Mm-hmm. And I think the, for the church to claim kindness as one of its like greatest defining gifts and promises from the Holy Spirit is such great news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, we, we talk a lot about the goodness of God, the love of God. There, there are certain adjectives or attributes that seem to be more popular in church music, in sermons, for whatever reason. Um, we don't talk about the kindness enough. And so I think that's, there's something about this song that just feels so refreshing, I think, for that reason. So yeah. I'm glad you wrote it. Yeah, I love it. I like what the thing that I stuck out to me, what you were saying was that you were in a place where you were questioning certain things about like the loss of people. And then you wrote in response to how you were feeling. And it's, it's almost like you're right. Like, and I think shelter is the same exact way, Tyler, when you wrote that, it's like you're writing songs to preach the gospel to yourself, to preach the attributes of God to yourself Mm -hmm. to, to like, and I think this is what the Psalms do, or this is what scriptures do, mm-hmm. where when we're like, and songs do this emotionally, which I think was just so good. And songwriters like yourselves have this gift that, that's such a gift to the, the, the community of faith because we could, I could preach to myself, and I do all, all the time, and it sounds like you guys get to do that, but through song. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm gonna write a song about how I'm feeling, but, mm-hmm. but through the truth of like what God says. Which I think is a gift. Or even like when we see, yes, and we see like David playing for Saul in a way that like ministers to him. And like, as far as we know, that was just melodic. That was just instrumental. It wasn't even David like preaching at him. It was just melody working its Holy Spirit magic on like our unwellness. Mm -hmm. And so when you pair that with the truth of the for the spirit, you know, like that like, you love me a lot. Like you are kind. Like some of the things that are in this song, yeah. it's um, it's it's medicine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about more and 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 more. I wanna know you more and more and more. Yeah. Um, I was, we were actually debating about calling this one more or more and more because we also have face-to-face on this record. We're like, is this too much? More and more, face-to-face. Um, but the more we were talking about it, more. Um, we were like, no, that's actually kind of part of the song is like the repetition. Um, it's a pretty, this is probably our most like straightforward, classic, contemporary worshipy from like a vibes and lyric standpoint. It's probably the one that like feels the most like down the middle. Um, and we kind of just wanted to write like a simple prayerful, like in the morning when I rise, give me Jesus kind of mm. song. Um, and so this is the, this is the one that came out of that, that moment. Um, and I think one of the things that came to top of mind as, as we wrote it and as I looked at the lyrics on the sheet and I was like, well, we sure say more and more a lot here. Like, should we maybe write a more interesting chorus or a different verse two or whatever? Um, and then when we actually played through it and sang, I was like, no, this actually feels kind of good. I kind of want to lean into this. Like, okay. It's like, I could sing of your love forever. You're like, yeah. okay, okay. Can we yeah, have yeah. a new verse, please? And it's like, it was actually really good for us to, 
to repeat things. I think it's good yeah. for our attention span. It's good for our spiritual formation. And it's kind of counter to like a more consumeristic approach to, I think, liturgy also, which is like, I don't want to just like move through all the things so quickly. Sometimes we just need to like mm-hmm. meditate to like breathe something in and out and in and out to say things over and over. I know this is like a whole psychology around how many times you need to hear a truth before it sinks in, you know, how many times you need to do something before you form a habit, how many, and, and the same is true with church music. And there's actually like a tradition in that in scripture in Hebrew poetry and literature, like repetition as a form of passion or emphasis, like putting something in bold. Um, and I know we do that a lot with church music, but I think this season I've just been kind of like, rather than, rather than being like, yeah, why do we repeat stuff so much? Just kind of owning that and claiming that like, oh, there's a purpose to that. Like, it's actually really deeply formative. I'm sure you feel similarly, like, as a preacher, like, how many times are you like, Mm -hmm. I preach the same thing every week, but eventually it sticks, or eventually it leads to habit or formation or... Yeah, actually, it's something that I've just... Now, biblically, yes. Personally, I've just something that I've come into, actually, funny enough, since pandemic. Mm -hmm. So um, I typically get bored with something... Uh, really quickly. So I'll teach something. And then like, if I teach it again in a year, I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to teach that again. Like the vision series and we teach it every year, I get bored with it because I'm just like, I've taught this, can someone else teach it? Or Advent. I hand off Advent every year because I'm like, it's kind of like the same thing every Christmas year. Friends, I don't want to, yeah. yeah. Um, so I get bored with things. But this year or during pandemic right at the very beginning, I really was, um, was struck by the Apostle Paul's phrase that he's like, I, 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 um, to repeat something to you, tell you something again is not in vain. Or is, I'm not like wasting my breath. Mm. I, it's really important that I tell you this again. Mm. And it struck me because I'm like, I think I need to keep telling the church the same thing over and over and over again. Mm. It is something about that. Like, you know, play the hits. Like, here, here it is. Here's like something that we've been saying for a long time. Let's say it over and over and over again. But also in scripture, yes, there is something about the repetition of something that causes us to remember. So most times in scripture, the, the sin of, especially the Old Testament, was they forgot. Mm-hmm. Like this is like over and over again, their sin. And the way you remember is you repeat it. That Shema, they would repeat mm-hmm. that three times a day. Mm-hmm. Um, they would go to pray. And they would pray these prayers over and over again. And this is why we do the generosity prayer every single Sunday. Stand and do the generosity prayer. Most of our church knows this by heart. We're like getting it into their being. Like you through repetition, it kind of, it wears on a neural pathway where mm-hmm. like this generosity hopefully becomes a neural pathway where like I'm going to start living this way. It's like this is how I'm mm-hmm. going to be living. And so, yeah, to repeat things over and over again, it's like super um, important to formation to do the same thing over and over again. So this, this goes to all kinds of spiritual habits, disciplines, all that stuff. But to say and to sing things over and over again, yeah. it's for emphasis. There is yeah. a ton of like holy, holy, holy is yeah. emphasizing. I think, yeah, with this song, we were like, let's just kind of own that instead of be like, is this lazy songwriting? It's like, no, this is, this is a type of prayer to repeat the same line over and over again. You yeah. know, that's like uh, Lecto Divina or Visio Divina or, you know, mm-hmm. like some of those ancient practices of like focusing on one of my favorite writers, Anne Lamott, mm-hmm. uh, has on her desk, uh, her writing desk, a one inch picture frame. Mm-hmm. So it's just this tiny little frame with just like a one inch picture. It's just this idea of like zooming in on this like one truth and like seeing how much you can, how much you can find in this one simple idea rather than telling this really giant story. I mean, only the real master songwriters can do the whole gospel in a song and it's like actually good. 
That's that's yeah. my advice. Like most folks that are trying to write, especially church music, is like you're kind of, you're trying to do too much. It's probably the same with a sermon. You try to do the whole thing every time. It's it's a lot, and it's hard to to receive. And sometimes we just need to focus in on one thing. I want to know you more and more and more. And yeah. so that's this song. Yeah. So then we get to a song called Honestly. Parentheses. Honestly, why is it so hard to cut through the noise and get to the sound of your heart? Can you hear me or not? Speak now. I love that. <laughs> I love this so much. And this is a song we we talked about a bit when we were writing it. Because well, okay, so maybe before we talk about the song, because this is probably the one that says the most in its lyrics opposite of more and more, which we just talked yeah. about. This is the one that like has a, has a lot to say. Um, Sophie and I got together and I think this was one of those like writing from assignment days. Like, let's just write a song tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Over and Zoom. Over Zoom. And I was yeah. like, was it really? Yeah, okay. it was. <laughs> and I was like, all right, what kind of song do you want to write today? And you were like, either really happy or yeah. really angsty that or something. Is. I was like, this happy one. In the back of my mind, I was like, I think I'm actually feeling angsty, but like the happy one feels fun to write. And yeah. then you pulled it out and we're like, what about angsty? Yeah. I was like, tell me more. And then you started talking about, well, yeah. You started talking about some of the, the specific kind of angst you were feeling yeah. that led to this song. Yeah. I mean, this was a bit after George Floyd and we're in COVID and there was like fires happening. So a lot was going on. And I remember, too, just feeling like a lot of people in my community were in also, like, really intense deconstruction of their faith. Mm -hmm. And we were all isolated, too, so that didn't help anything. And I just remember saying, like... you're saying all this stuff, it's just like, it was really bad, y'all. It was. (laughs) was I blocked out a lot. (laughs) I know. I did, too, until you started saying it. I'm like, wow, I'm getting kind of A lot was going on, yeah. yeah. And I remember just feeling like I, like... I believe in the gospel, but there's all of this extra stuff that's being attached yeah. to it. Yeah. And it was, it was part of it, I think you said was, you were talking about your friend's experience and just like, yeah. like connecting so many, so much bad religion to Jesus. Yes. And being like, how do we hear through all of the white noise, all the stuff yeah. that's not yes, Jesus? Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, I want what's good yeah. and I want to believe in that. And I don't know how to get there. And I remember you were just like, honestly, why is it so hard? <laughs> and I was like, well, that's a great line. That should probably <laughs> yeah. be kind of this. Let, let's write that. Mm-hmm. Let's write, honestly, why is it so hard? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. why does this have to be so difficult? And so we started to write it. And the next thing we were like, huh, I think we just wrote a very political feeling <laughs> kind of angsty. lament. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what do we do with this? This doesn't feel like most songs we write or sing. And... This is one of those ones, I don't know if we'll ever sing this on a Sunday. Maybe. Um, This might be just like a minister to people at home kind of song. But what we do know is we need more laments in modern church music. Um, You've said that a lot. I've said that a lot. And I mean, this is kind of the first one we've like really gone for and written. Um, And it's it's just something that I think the, I'm not, and I'm not even like a particular, I'm pretty generally like, hopeful, happy, yeah. positive person. And even in in my avoidant soul, I know we need more of this. Yeah. And 
I, I know that because I look at scripture and I see a whole book called Lamentations, and I know that like more than half the Psalms are Psalms of Lament. And it's something that I think because it's, I don't know why we've lost the, we've, we've lost so much of this in our liturgy and library, maybe just because it's uncomfortable. Maybe because it's uncomfortable to do with other people. Maybe because it's uncomfortable to feel like we have permission to talk to God this way. I, I, I don't, it's probably all of those things, but I know that part of church songwriters uh, like duty and part of the, you know, Walter Brueggemann talks about the prophetic imagination and the role of the prophet. And sometimes it's to, um, you know, kick shins and break windows and be like, hey, everyone, like, do you see what's going on here? And to like be the one raising the big protest signs. And, um, and then sometimes it's to, to pull people out of the mud and be like, it's time to sing a new song, you know, but, but the role of the prophet and the role of, I think, church musicians and preachers is in many ways to help lead people to where God wants them to be. And sometimes that is to keep going down the path they're going. And sometimes it's to say, turn around. Like repent, like mm-hmm. you are in the you are going the wrong way. Yeah. Or sometimes they say you're looking over here and you need to look over here. You're crossing the road instead of going to be with the uh, the the person laying on the side of the road in the parable mm-hmm. of the good Samaritan. And so it's part of our job to do that. And it feels uncomfortable, and I don't always know how to do it well. But we wrote the song, and we were like, okay, we, we say some stuff that's pretty like specific to our like American Christian nationalism context and was specifically talking about some of the stuff that was happening in the world at the time of seeing Christians marching and protesting and waving their guns and saying things that I was like, I can't, I I can't connect this with Jesus. I can't, when I'm looking at this, I see bad religion. I don't see Jesus. I don't see the way of the cross. I don't see cruciformity and radical peace and and I I just can't I can't figure this out and so um and and a a love of being right and of winning arguments on Facebook instead of understanding another person just just all of it it was these last 10 years whatever have just been such a trap for all of us but and but the, the church has failed big time to avoid it we have just stepped in it and we're lamenting that Mm-hmm. That when we look around, we don't see more of the church being radically loving, radically kind, radical, radical peacemakers, radically generous. Mm-hmm. And I don't have the answers, but we can write a song where we say, why is it so hard? Can you show us the way, Jesus? Mm-hmm. And so that's what we rewrote. And I remember asking you and just being like, hey, hey man, can, like, can we put this out? Like, can you show this to the elders or can we get some more? Like, we feel good about it, but can we get some more input on this? Because it does feel like a consensus kind of a song. Like, I want all of us to feel okay about putting this out here. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had mentioned including a lament in the title mm. to help people engage. I, so with. I did write part of this album. You did, yeah. yeah. Executive <laughs> yes. producer Dave Lomas, you wrote parentheses, a lament parentheses. That's you, so funny. You can I'm say like, you're a songwriter now, a song okay. title writer, I guess. That's great. I mean, but I remember you said that you were like, I think it would be helpful to, like, tell people right off the bat, like, hey, FYI, this is a lament, hmm. because I think in many ways we we don't know how to engage with them well, and so I think giving people that heads up. But yeah, I don't know. What was what was your experience with it? Yeah, I I love the specificity because I think laments need to be specific. Um, you we can say how long, O oh Lord. And we're supposed to, and we're supposed to say, Maranatha, this is the cry of the church. I think lament is literally the cry of the church. Mm-hmm. We were taught to pray, come Lord Jesus, Maranatha, and how long, O oh Lord? Even There's even like P3 
people, it says, under the throne room in Revelation that still say, when, when, oh, when are you going to avenge our blood? So this is, I think this is the cry of the church. Like, God, your kingdom come. That ultimately means bring all of your justice down, all of it. Let End this thing. So, but, and, so the, first of all, laments are the cry of the church, I think. That's what Maranatha means. To lament, like this is not the way it should be. We're lamenting the way that the church is. We're lamenting the way the world is. We're just a lament. And laments need to be very specific because the Psalms get very specific on the laments. Mm-hmm. The enemies, what they're doing, why he's lamenting, where he's lamenting, on his pillow, mm-hmm. you know, crying to, like they're very specific. And I think the specificity is, is really good. If you just made it general, like, yeah, that's, that could be a thing, but I think the laments seem to be very specific on like, when Israel lamented, it was like, because the Babylonians came and did this, that was in their song. Mm-hmm. And so we hung our harps here or whatever. So it's very specific, like what they're doing mm-hmm. with their instruments. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so I think that laments need to be specific. So I'm glad that this one was really specific and I'm glad it's a lament. And I'm glad you wrote a song lament because I hear this every single time we do Prayers of the People like you say, we need more lament songs. So I, I can see this yeah. happening on a Sunday. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, this is one of those. I hope not because that would mean that we have to do this because it's yeah. like got yeah. bad again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But we probably, yeah. Well, maybe we'll write a more general lament that will cover these things that hopefully God heals us of. And we, yeah. will, we can look at this song as an Ebenezer and an answered prayer rather than something we have to keep praying. So that's that one. And then we have the last song on the EP, which is Face to Face. From the edge of ruin to the promised place, my Jesus, my Jesus, bring me face to face. Um, this, the chorus, so it was interesting looking back, this chorus actually is the, is the oldest piece of this EP. Hmm. We sang this at church like four years ago. Oh, randomly. Didn't you just ding it randomly? I think I just threw like the, the it was like a tag and then I was I like- I do remember And that. then I was like, it's not done. And so then I like, never did it again. But I brought, it came to you, I'm like, what is that? I was like, I don't know, I just started I was like, sorry, I shouldn't have done that. It's not done. I'm like, dude, no, that is done. Yeah. Do that. So, so then that was four years ago and it wasn't finished. So, which is, I mean, this is also just from a songwriting standpoint, another example of how some songs take time. This song was written, it took four years to finish it. Um, but this one felt like it had to be the the ending uh, track. Um, it comes out of this the, out of the last song, honestly, which ends with "I believe, but help my unbelief." Mm-hmm. And then this song, next song, starts with "I've been stumbling in the dark. Will you deliver me?" And then by the end of the song, like many songs, we've like many psalms, we've gone on this journey where we started it. Um, the first chorus is "My Jesus, will you carry me?" And these kind of open ended. You were asking earlier about like chord choices. We, we, the first half of the song is very open-ended, unresolved melodies, unresolved chords. And then we end the, the last uh, chorus, we sing, you will deliver me. And the tone and the music shifts to this triumphant. It's all these major key chords. It's this big yes, you know, octave jump, song of faith moment, like where all of a sudden the, 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 there's wind in the sails. Mm-hmm. And that's where it feels like we are now. Like these songs were born in the valley and in many ways, we're now looking back, like over, like we're we're looking back over the valley that we came from, and we're in in many ways still there, and in many ways in the promised land, and we're living in the territory of that final chorus of the EP in a place of faith, where at the beginning we were just like, I'm so overwhelmed, like 
I don't have a shelter. I don't have a place. I'm alone writing these songs in my piano and I haven't hugged any of my friends in months. And, and then now we're releasing this EP and singing these songs together in person at church with our friends and Mm. sitting across the table from you two. And, um, and so I'm really thankful that while when I sat, we sat down to write these songs, we didn't know any of that, but looking back, seeing this story of over the course of these six songs, we do have this journey of moving from here to there. And it doesn't mean like, well, it's all behind us now. And like, now we can go back to just like singing all the victory songs and there's no mm-hmm. pain in the world, but it's like in, in, in at least one small way or frankly, one massive way, we saw God answer some of the prayers that we started singing in the first song of the song. Mm. And it's cool that that's where the EP ends. A journey. Mm. I love journeys. I love I love Journey. Do you love the Journey? <laughs> sing, sing something. Well, don't Name stop a song. Don't Name stop. one song. <laughs> Name one other song. <laughs> Name one other song. Um, Sophie, Dave, any closing thoughts on that, on mm-hmm. music? Or is that enough talking for the three of us? I mean, I'm just so glad that our church has these now. Um, I hope that, yeah, the words like connect and minister to our church, like that's the dream and that they'll feel, it'll give them, yeah, words to sing and pray that will help them to feel more connected to God in certain moments. And yeah, I'm just excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. I think the thing I would want to end with and say is that like just to the team that put this together, just a huge thank you. Because actually this, probably this album took four years to make because if, you wrote this four years ago, and I think it's like an art, like mm-hmm. an artistic artifact that you put out. Like if it's a film or uh, or an album or something, you were a book. It you the process takes years to do, and this took years. And I remember asking for it like a year and a half ago. Like when are we doing this? And you're like we're still working on it. It's not done. I'm like, are you? But that's exa- that's how long it takes. And now that it's out, it gets to like be an artifact forever. Mm-hmm. So you do kind of want to. Um, to make sure that that all the pieces are there. And I think what's so beautiful about this album is, is it's a journey. And it's a journey that you guys unpacked, you were able to unpack for our church and the audience, the people listening, um, and for me. Like, I can appreciate the album now more just hearing all this stuff, like the insider, like the journey, how it starts, how it ends, the journey that you go on and why, why we go on it. And so um, then we kind of journey on, you know. So I think it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's very cool. It's an honor. If you uh, listen to this whole thing and you are one of the people who somehow <laughs> hasn't heard any of this, well, yeah. First of all, bravo, you made it through all this. <laughs> Second, if you haven't heard it yet, you can search any of the streaming places, Reality SF Music, um, or you can go to realitysf.com/shelter, um, and you can listen to it there. But Otherwise, looking forward to making more music together, singing more together, church. We love you. Hope these songs are helpful for you in some way. Grace and peace to you. See you Sunday. <laughs>